just about one week until National Signing Day. Um, so we've talked about this, though. Penn State, they're pretty much locked in for 2024. We'll give you any things to worry about, things to think about coming up here on the show. But for the most part, we're going to be talking about the latest news uh, about players, things that happened over the last couple of weeks here on the BWI Live Recruiting Show. I'm Thomas Frankar, Ryan Snyder, and Sean Fitz, the leading industry experts in recruiting are here to talk about uh, what they know. And Ryan, let's start with uh, what we talked about last week. Your story had a happy ending. Imitep, Kenny Wosley, you were saying you were Kenny. rooting for the good story. The good story happened. Tell us about it. Yeah. Uh, Imitep finally gets their win, right? Since 2015, uh, they, they've been runners up. I think it was six times. Um, you know, they didn't have that 2020 season. Um, so a lot of runner-up finishes for them. Three to Cathedral Prep, one to Pine Richland, one to Penn Trafford. Uh, but they 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 dominated Dallas the other night. And we're going to talk about state championships a, a little bit later. But uh, anybody who watched uh, that was a that was a theme uh, this past weekend with with pretty much only one game that was really all that competitive. But it was very competitive with with Westinghouse and Southern Columbia. But yeah, good for good for Kenny to finish out a really strong season. You know, we joke all the time about his kicking, but he had a heck of a field goal in that game from 30 yards that, uh, man, would have been good from like 45, which which is always just kind of fun to watch. But, you know, I know he's a cornerback, right? And that's what we should be talking about. And, you know, for a guy to finish with six interceptions uh, his senior year, uh, I thought was a, a really good stat for him. So, uh, you know, Kenny obviously is going to have to add size down the road. And uh, he's not – I don't think he'll get on the field right away, but like – he, he gets after it, man. Great locker room guy, incredibly coachable, and, and somebody that I think uh, with time can can certainly uh, be a contributor in, in, under Terry Smith. Yeah, something uh, that uh, about this class, there's a lot of guys in this class that we don't talk a whole lot about that, you know, have a lot of great qualities. Egan Boyer comes to mind, and uh, that's one of the things we can talk about next week. We're going to have the recruiting show, and obviously we'll have some signing day coverage. So check it out. We'll be recapping all of it. I'm actually going to have a story week. on Egan today. All right. Yeah. Phen phenomenal. I love it when there's an in unintentional segue. That's mm -hmm. that's fantastic. Fitz, uh, that being said, less than a week from signing day. Last check, you know, we're, we're doing our pre-flight checks. Any surprises on the horizon? Any surprises you've seen? Um, and generally, how are you feeling about everything heading into um, the the lights coming on for this class and, and the curtain coming up? I would say pretty well settled with the emphasis on pretty well. Uh, Penn State's still got some some lines out in the water. You don't know if they're going to hit or not, but like it's time to gear up and make one last push if they're going to do that. Now, Penn State's been all over the country this uh, this month, checking out mostly commits um, and checking in on portal guys for the most part. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still have your in the back of your mind type guys, um, but uh, for, for the most part, what you see is what you get with this uh, class of 2024. Penn State's done a really nice job of keeping those guys in the boat, keeping them settled a lot less. Ryan, would you agree a lot less drama in this class in terms of decommits and things like mm -hmm. that? I know that there has already been a decommit in the 25 class, but for the most part, like since the end of summer, since Penn state really sort of geared into the next segment of recruiting, you know, Penn state's class has been pretty, pretty well solid. So we'll talk more about them next week. Of course, Wednesday is national signing day. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going to keep pushing until the end. We're going to see if that uh, that's, uh, comes if anything comes to fruition from that. How ad advantageous is it that they have been in this cycle of working ahead 
giving themselves the latitude to be so focused on the transfer portal. Because it seems like this particular type of year, when I mentioned this, I think the first of the month, when there's two priorities, you've got you've got a split focus of the recru- recruiting into National Signing Day and the transfer portal. And Fitz, it seems like um, having everything as secure and having as little drama as possible seems like a huge bonus. To, just generally, where is Penn State, I guess, among the top schools in terms of the ability to do what they've done, which is to have things secure so they can focus on other aspects of the offseason? You know, I think it's double-edged there in the sense that Penn State does what they do really well, and that's keeping things, you know, sort of grounded. They go after the same type of kid for the most part. Um, where that kind of leaves you exposed is some of those top, top kids they're not getting. Like, they're, this is a situation where some of the guys that take it to the end, and there aren't many of them anymore, especially with the portal changing the way that things go. Um, it's really been a situation where Penn State has, in the last couple of cycles, settled into it and then stuck with what they've had and and that works i mean it's fine um but on the on the flip side of that you're not into these late chasing ones it used to be that they would go to the all-star games and have seven or eight guys that are going to that are legitimately torn on um announcing but with the early signing period like a lot of those guys that will announce at the under armor game or the uh the former army bowl in san antonio those guys are already signed so like a lot of the drama has been sucked out of it by then a lot of a lot of the intrigue of the uh, all-star games to be honest with you from a yeah. recruiting standpoint have been sucked out of it but uh you know i think that's okay like you think about all the demands and the pressures and the uh and, and everything on these coaches all year round like if you can take a little bit of that away that's fine and and i don't see from from penn state's perspective i don't see them really having a ton of game changers. There's certainly examples. Of course, Micah committed on signing day. There are some other guys that came through committed on signing day. So some of those guys are, are certainly worth it. It's just mm-hmm. you the right kid. You got to find the right fit. And a lot of those times, and I'm generalizing here, a lot of those times, those guys don't come from the Northeast. And that's kind of what you're thinking about when you, when you talk about Penn state recruiting is starting regional and then expanding. You're going to have to hold on to your guys that are in Florida, hold on to your guys that are all over the map. Um, but that's kind of how Penn state approached it. And I think it's, I think they've done pretty well with it. Yeah, it, it seems like it's been a pretty good formula for them, especially with the advent of the transfer portal. One guy I remember specifically, Tariq Castro Fields, was one of those late drama things, right? I remember we were sitting down in the Beaver at Stadium the media room yeah. at the press conference, and you could hear upstairs the decision come through. So don't get that as much anymore, but you do get to have this very highly polished show you're going to get from Penn State coming up in just a little bit uh, next Wednesday with the National Signing Day. Um, this is a really unique show because it's interactive and we have the ability to talk to uh, not only our fans, but also sometimes, as we've seen here on the show, recruits and recruits parents. So this message is for you. If you have a son uh, in football and you want to give them an edge on the football field, MMA FX is for you. Penn State's got a very diverse defensive line class coming in. Some of those people have been here on the show. Check out Bruce Lombard in-state college, whether it's his video tutorial or his personal training sessions that he does with Penn State athletes, Deny Dennis Sutton. It's not just that Deny is very good that has made him a very quick starter on the field. It's that he's putting in the maximum effort to be as good as possible at football. He trains with Bruce in hand fighting, and this is a great opportunity to become just a better all-around athlete. The martial arts and uh, combat sports teach you to be good with your non-dominant hand. They teach you to use your hands and to use leverage. And if there's one thing I hate more than anything, guys, it's looking at a really good athlete who is stiff. Just one of those guys that kind of walks around. He's been in the gym. He's done all the hard work. And then he can't use any of that because he hasn't learned to move his body. 
So if you want all of those things, the only comprehensive hand-fighting program video set for football players available is from Bruce. This features Penn State, all Big Ten defensive linemen, NFL player Anthony Zettel. And you can see in this video I'm showing you here on the YouTube channel, um, he he's in a football position when he's doing these moves athletically. So teaching you how to use uh, not just your hands, but also leverage and things like that. Over two hours of hand fighting and speed techniques, professionally video uh, photogra- videographed, which includes different angles on techniques, slow motion and visual details, and attention to technical commenting. So Bruce is there helping you train your players. If you're thinking, I, I don't know what to do, why would I do this? I'm not Bruce. He's there to help you teach with these videos. Also, if you're here in State College, they do he does boxing training for offensive linemen because it's a different skill set. It's very detailed to what you need. So check it out. And for the holiday season, if you're if you're a football coach and you want to get either uh, your son, if you're an individual or a football coach, and you want to get your your team better on the field, you have a discount code as well. Use promo code 15BWI to get 15% off at LombardMMA.com backslash shop. You can see that here on the screen for the podcast. LombardMMA.com backslash shop. Also, MMAFX.net. Those are the places to go. Uh, guys, can, let's... I, can I chime in here real quick? Sure. I, I talk to a lot of coaches that do these camps, and so much of the emphasis over the last several years has been on the footwork, and you need footwork. Don't don't get me wrong, the ladders and all that kind of stuff, but like there's there's two parts to that machine there, and and mm-hmm. a lot of times when they get out there and they see these guys at camp, they're going to watch the lower body, they're going to watch the pop, the, the the twitch and everything like that, but like showing that you know how to use your hands tells you more than just you're able to use your hands. It, it shows that you have been coached, you've been coachable. It is a situation where you are different from your peers because you can do those things. And then they result in made plays. And to me, this is such an important and overlooked aspect of development, especially in the trenches, especially in the defensive line, um, that it's it, it's something that college coaches and I've talked about, not, not necessarily the Bruce's thing here, but like that is such a an important overlooked aspect of the recruiting process because everyone's on the ladders and everyone's doing these agility drills. And that's great. But like there's there there are different things that need to be worked on. And that's something that certainly a lot of uh, college coaches would like to see. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you, you have the last word there, but I just want to agree with that in terms of when we're, when I'm watching film, I don't necessarily care if you're great at your position, but I want to know that you have been coached and you can learn. And that's one of the things that I think you can see in in all of these aspects is like, what's your positional skill? What's up, Ryan? We got to not acknowledge Mr. Andrews saying he signed up Liam for that in the chat. All right. There we go. I did not see that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Mr. Andrews supporting our sponsors. Thank you. Absolutely. Hopefully, Liam's it wasn't not a... just any Liam. Liam is one of the top ranked guys <laughs> in Penn State's class. So take that for what it's worth. So. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, he already had his birthday and that we didn't just ruin the surprise. I'm assuming he did if you put that in the chat. Um, let, let's get on to some of the news that we've had recently. I uh, want to start actually with Fitz. Keandre Barker, you wanted to talk about that. Uh, what's the latest with Keandre Barker? Yeah, Keandre reached out to me, actually, and uh, I think he's, he's wanting to get the word out. And we've talked about him on the channel several times, and we just haven't had any answers for him. I talked to him extensively this morning. Um, like, this was a situation he did not play. I think he pl- he carried the ball four times, I think, this season uh, in, in the playoffs. Um, it was a, it was a weird situation where he came from Arkansas. Of course, uh, you know, a lot of people have, have I, guess, I guess I'll start here. Keandre Barker, 2025 commitment is in Texas, originally from Arkansas, moved from Arkansas to Texas. When he did so, his 
former coaches uh, from Arkansas signed this off as an athletic transfer, which flagged the uh, state of Texas uh, Athletic Ooh. Association, and they ruled him ineligible for the season. Like this is a situation where they took the word of the coaches, even though I mean it. it Hey man, like the transfers happen all the time. And, uh, it's, it's not something that a lot of States take seriously. Uh, Texas does. So they flagged them. They ruled them ineligible for the season. By the time the playoffs came, um, the, the other guys that were in there had been doing their thing for a while and they didn't make the change, but this was a situation. It wasn't a, it wasn't a situation with grades. It wasn't a situation with behavior or anything like that. It was a pure transfer, uh, snafu. And that was, uh, really, that's a tough way to go, man. Um, now, on the on the flip side, he does save a year. Like uh, running backs have short shelf, li- shelf lives. We know this, so he saved mm-hmm. a year of wear and tear on the body. Um, he's going to continue to go, and boy, he's ready to go. He was, uh, like I said, he reached out to me. He wanted to talk about this. He said, "I'm I'm ready to go for next season." Like it's it's he's going to take this as motivation and take it to the yeah. next level. He's also good with Penn State. Like he's. Frankly, taking his words for what they were, not interested in looking at any other schools. So uh, we're going to see that uh, develop in the spring in terms of what he's doing with football and seven on seven and all that kind of stuff. So continue that arc of where Penn State thought he was, which Penn State thought he was one of the best backs in the country um, as a 2025 prospect. That's why you take a guy from Texas like you. You don't always do that. There, yeah. You don't always take a guy from far out of the region that early unless you absolutely believe in him. Penn State believes him, so we're going to see what happens with Keandre Barker as his career progresses. But just wanted to provide that update because it, it's a situation which we didn't have answers for for the longest time. Uh, reached out to Keandre a couple of times; he, he didn't want to, uh, he he didn't respond in that in in kind. So uh, now that he has, I wanted to get that out there because the channel has asked about him many times. Yeah, that's got to be super frustrating. Oh that sa- that situation sounds like that sucks. Like truthfully, <laughs> so yeah. uh, appreciate the update. That that's good to know. Um, another update that uh, has been, I think, brewing for a while. Ryan, you put in an RPM pick, and now this is a this is a hundred percent RPM pick from both of you guys. So just lay out what's going on with the latest Nittany line that you guys are projecting to join uh, the program. Yeah, so I put it in publicly this morning. We wrote about it on Tuesday. Alex Tash from Greater Latrobe, twenty twenty five linebacker, six two two ten, had a heck of a season, and we, we, we've. I think we've really kind of laid out uh, his rise over the last, I don't know, a couple of months or so. 79 tackles this year. I mean, was a turnover machine. I forget the exact fumbles and, and, and interceptions, but I think it was like six or seven turnovers himself. I want to say like four picks, three forced fumbles, something like that. But uh, just had a heck of a heck of a rise here. You know, started with just two offers from Marshall and UConn, I think, in the spring. And, you know, now he's well up over a dozen with, you know, plenty of top schools. Uh, the thing to note here, that wasn't really public uh, until we learned about it uh, early in the week was that Tash made it up to campus this weekend. And when you look at his visit history, right, uh, comes for the whiteout game in September, comes for the Indiana game, comes for the Michigan game. Okay, three visits, three months. You know, obviously that that grabs attention. But all those visits were also for games. And, you know, you're only getting you're only learning so much uh, when you come for those games. Right. You, you get little time with the staff. Obviously, they're focused on on on, uh, you know, the, the game itself, of course. So so getting him up in December, you know, pretty, pretty quickly after the season to to tour the last building, learn about academics, do all those other little things that you need to do before you can realistically make a decision grab my attention instantly uh is he going to be a guy who makes a move really soon I, i'm not exactly sure he doesn't really 
I don't know if he he has that figured out yet. But what I do know is he's not a guy who's trying to be pampered with all these visits, go to all these different schools, collect all these offers. Like that's not Alex at all. So I think he's a guy we absolutely need to keep an eye on here in the weeks ahead. Not, I don't know if it's going to be in December. I don't know if it'll be in January. Like I said, he's still kind of sorting that out. But this firmly feels like, I mean, if I'm picking a guy who's going to be next Penn State's next 2025 commitment, Alex Tash is absolutely at the top of that list. So big to get him on campus this weekend. I'll give another tease too. There was another another prominent four-star prospect. Quarterback came up to meet with uh, Andy Kolonecki too. Going to keep that behind the paywall for now. But uh, yeah, so, some interesting developments there that we didn't exactly know about Friday going into the weekend. And then once we learned them here at the end, uh, you know, I, I think it's significant for Penn State's 2025 recruitment moving forward. We're going to have a lot of that stuff today. Things that we, you know, we're talking about, but we're talking about at bluewhiteillustrated.com. So Fitz just put up some portal information. So this comment here from uh, C. Paul King, he said, Merry Christmas, guys. Any good portal news? Portal news. Do you think there'll be any more players announcing for the NFL opt-out? Seems uh, uh, eerily quiet out there. I would agree. Now, some of that stuff, you know, we'll, we'll talk about today, but uh, some of the portal news Go here. We're talking about deals today on the show, bluewhiteillustrated.com. We've got a deal for you just for our YouTube uh, listeners and viewers. We love you guys. So you get two months for a dollar with code PSU1. Special offer at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Um, so, Ryan, I want to get back to this. We'll, we'll talk about some of these things here in just a minute, but uh, you spent a lot of time. And they're out there at the state championship game. We talked about Kenny Wosley and Imitep a little bit, but I wanted to get a, a rundown of how everything else went uh, for state championship weekend. Who'd you see? How'd it go? Yeah, I saw a lot of blowouts, if we're being honest, right? Uh, didn't work out too well for Matt Sieg and, and for Cherry. Uh, Steel High gets their their second straight championship. You know, congrats to the Irby Twins going out strong. Uh, they It was clear really from the beginning there that just – Fort Cherry didn't have the size uh, to, to match up with Steel High. So that, that ended up being a bit of a blowout. Of course, Tyke Hayes had probably one of the best showings of Penn State's committed players. I, I would probably argue he had the best uh, of the week Friday night uh, in that 4A game, 222 yards rushing, three touchdowns, finished the year. I clarified this because I, I put a tweet out the other day that he had 19, was it 1,980 yards rushing on the year. I got corrected by many in Aliquippa for that. Sorry, guys. I was using uh, Pittsburgh Post Gazette stats. Uh, supposedly, he had around right around twenty two hundred yards for the nope. year, twenty seven touchdowns. So he did break Good that two thousand yard. Messed everything up. <laughs> so he did break that two thousand yard mark, uh, which uh, always is significant, right? But I mean, I thought Hayes just just his running style and um, you know he, I, I, the lazy comparison is Katron Allen. Yeah, I'm sure we can find a better one, but uh, you know, incredibly strong runner. Uh, when he gets in the open field too, uh, yeah, you know, he's, great he's able moves. To, yeah, he, he's able to to certainly break away better than I kind of thought he would. You know, as far as overall speed, we, I'd still love to get a number on him at some point. But there's no doubt, you know, Tyke Hayes is 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 a guy that's moving up uh, right now, and I'll, I'll be curious to see uh, what Charles Barker uh, uh, is able to. What I say, Charles Barker, Charles Power, excuse me. Uh, you know what his evaluation is when when he's able to check out Tyke's. But uh, Saturday, you know, like I said, that Westinghouse game was pretty fun. Uh, I don't know anybody who watched that, man, that was a brutal way to lose a game. They Westinghouse, of course, playing Southern Columbia. Southern Columbia has been dominant for so many years. They had Southern Columbia on the ropes and then gave it all away with a 99 yard drive. I think Southern Columbia scored with about 40 seconds left in that game, but uh, Kaishan Robinson 
quality prospect there in 26. Yeah, that's that's what my face looked like uh, when that happened, Sean, because that was that was brutal for them. But uh, of course, Imitep was Saturday night, uh, big win over Dallas. You know, we we didn't get to see Ty Seer, uh Denmark playing that game. He's been suspended for the playoffs just because not suspended. It's not right, but uh, because of his transfer from Roman, PIAA has a rule where uh, if you make a transfer, go ahead, you can play in the regular season, but you have to sit out the playoffs, which is interesting and another topic that we can probably discuss another day on how fair that is. But uh, then then Saturday's game, of course, Quentin Martin goes off. Uh, Bell Vernon gets its second straight state championship, rolls over Northwestern Lehigh, and then uh, St. Joseph Prep does what St. Joseph Prep does, win, wins another state championship. I think that's their third or fourth now since going to 6A. Of course, they lost to, to Mount Lebanon, which, you know, looking back on that two years ago, basically St. Joseph's Prep, man, a lot of their key players were all sophomores then, and now those sophomores are seniors, and 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 you you can really see the development, um, you know, that that – they've had over the last couple of years about Lebanon. Basically, I'm not saying they got them at the right time, but they kind of got them at the right time. And, and right now, you know, prep's just a monster. They roll over North Allegheny. And yeah, like I said, we saw five blowouts, one fun game, but uh, Penn state's players all played well. Uh, mm-hmm. Quentin Martin had a heck of, I think it was like a 92 yard run for a score. First touch in the second half, you know, Northwestern Lehigh was trying to get any momentum they had and, and Quentin pretty much put that to bed there uh, to open the third quarter. And, yeah, that's that's what we saw. But Franklin made it down for what Friday night game, Saturday night game, or excuse me, Thursday night game, Friday night game. Excuse me. J. Uh, uh, Sider was there to see Quentin Martin. Uh, a lot of pit coaches, a lot of Rutgers coaches. Um, you know, a good mix of of different staffs uh, here for the PIAA game. So, uh, Cumberland Valley's growing on me. I like that facility. That was always a, a, a fun topic that. People didn't like moving it from Hershey, but man, they they have built a heck of a facility there. I think they they've done a really good job hosting these games. I just know people just don't like that it's a high school championships on a high school field, but it is a heck of a facility, and and they they take they take care of fans pretty well. And you know, I thought it was a good time. Uh, quickly, and I know that this doesn't apply to what Penn State will do with him, but I haven't checked in on Quentin in a while. Is he still kind of a dual role player? Is he still playing out wide sometimes and playing in the backfield? Is he are they using him in that same multiplicity? It, he he ran the ball the vast majority of the time. Maybe had a handful of catches, but yeah, man, they split him out wide, um, you know, to to kind of find mismatches, and and they use him a lot as a decoy. And, you know, they they have they have a, quite a few other players that. I don't know if they match him exactly in touches, but they're not that far off. So, you know, I, I like, for example, I think if Equip Martin was at a, a couple of different schools, you know, you would have seen so many more, uh, you know, just yards, stats, touchdowns, all that good stuff. And and I'm not, that's not a knock on how Bell Vernon does it. You know, it's probably a good thing for quitting down the road because, you know, the, the wear and tear. Uh, but just like you, you, you'd be surprised at, at how much they use him compared to some other, you know, major schools who have a, a top 100 prospect like that. So, uh, it's it's I think probably good thing long term for him. Uh, like I said, keeping the wear and tear off. We got some uh, poor. Uh, we got some questions here in the chat, and we got to get to the most important one first. Fitz's t-shirt game. What's going on here? Uh, Steven can't piece it together. So uh, it uh, your camera's a little bit higher than normal. So what do we got? Colorado School of Mines. There the we go. The ore diggers, yes, um, out in Golden, Colorado. Uh, it's a home field shirt, and uh, I, I love cartoon mascots, so I, they got me. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I love that there's always something 
there's always something of interest here with Fitz and his t-shirts. They, they were in the D2 National Championship game last year, I believe it was. So the successful, very successful program out there. It's just, uh, you know, a little bit, a little different. Yeah. 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 Um, Eric asks, did Yvonne Kamaju at uh, Paint Branch get an offer? Apologize if I don't have that name correct. We saw a lot of him at the end of the season. Good length and quickness. Uh, we're getting, uh, might still be growing. Check out his game against BCC. My guy is number three on uh, BCC. So Eric giving us a scouting report. Uh, Ryan, do you have any information on yes. this particular uh, situation? Yes, they did. It was, it's about two weeks ago. It was the last week, Sean, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, either way, yeah, it's, it's been in December. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I knew a whole lot. I mean, with the with the portal right now, and and obviously trying to track down these visits and 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 different things like that, I, I haven't researched them a whole lot. Uh, I would say check back in January where we can fully uh, transition over to 2025 and look back on film and things like that. I can I can talk to you about them a little bit more. But yeah, he did pick up an offer. I believe Maryland, Vatech were the other two. Uh, who have offered so far, and, and you know, I'm sure many others are coming. But uh, we'll 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 definitely do our due diligence on you know all types of Maryland, New Jersey, all those guys. But uh, get me past the portal first, please. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot going on right now. Uh, Want to get to this because I think that this is very important. The holidays are here. One thing I learned is that uh, around Thanksgiving, there's not a whole lot going on. Um, people tend to wind down a little bit but if you want some you have some time off and you want to do some stuff around the holidays uh check out the game time app because they have the ability to give you the lowdown on what's going on so here is the schedule for the bryce jordan center here's a thing that t frank doesn't know schedules times dates what's going on i'm not great at this so if somebody has that information this is great for me this is game time their their desktop uh their website but you should definitely download the game time app uh, because it's super useful and you can do all of this on your phone. Um, you know, I am a dinosaur in this way. I always use my desktop, but I know that everyone else uses their phone. And uh, when you download the GameTime app, create an account, use promo code BWI for $20 off your first purchase. So if you want to go check out maybe a game, um, Penn State basketball, Lady Lions basketball, or maybe you want to go see Travis Scott, all of that going on in the Bryce Jordan Center. Um, and they have they have this broken down by you can search a venue, you can search a region, you can search um, for different types of events. Maybe uh, you want to go see a comedy show in Pittsburgh, or maybe you want to go see uh, something else in Philly. Maybe you want to go see the the uh, uh, the Flyers. All of that stuff you can find on the Game Time app, and you can see your seats, so you know what you're getting, and they've got great deals for you as well. Um, they have flash sales and things like that where you can get uh, secure tickets, guaranteed tickets, and a great seat. So check out the Game Time app again. Use promo code BWI to get $20 off your first purchase on the Game Time app. Thanks to them for being a part of the show here. Um, so I want to get to Anthony Specca. Uh, and we're coming back to you, Ryan, because I know you had a conversation with him. Um, one of the things that I, I found super interesting, I want to, whatever you want to get, would talk about in the article. There's there, there's something I'm chomping at the bit to talk about, but I just wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about what you thought was interesting of your conversation with him and his uh, reaction to the unofficial visit day that they had this past weekend with all the recruits. Yeah, I mean, I would say, in addition to spec, I mean, just talking about the whole group overall, I mean, they had about a dozen guys come up. Uh, most of the regional guys, uh, Egan Boyer came up, you know, like I said, I'm going to have a story on him later today on his weekend. Gronk was there. Corey Smith, Donovan Harbor came in from Wisconsin. Uh, a lot of the defensive linemen too. I know Malachi Williams was able to get in town. Uh, Jalen Harvey, Xavier Gilliam, a handful of others. I think there was one or two 
of their upcoming walk-ons as well. So just kind of sharing, you know, who, who was able to make it up this weekend. You know, with Specca, he's been as firmly committed as anybody in this class, right? I mean, Cooper was yeah. the first committed like a year before everybody else. Cooper Cousins, of course, I'm talking about. And then Specca, I believe, was the second uh, committing uh, last January took uh, chose Penn State over Michigan. Uh, so, you know, there's never been there was never a reason to really be concerned or anything about the Manny Diaz news. You know, he, he gave us a great quote about, you know, whether whether Manny was here or not. You know, I was always going to Penn State. Of course, his relationship with Dan Connor has been kind of uh, well advertised. You know, we talked about that a few times. You know, he, he mentioned that uh, Dan told him that uh, he's going to be here till Franklin fires him, which I don't think Franklin would ever fire Dan Connor, but that'd be interesting if that happened one day. Um, but a great season for Specca broke broke his uh, his team's career tackles uh, 326 I believe he finished with all time career you know led the team in tackles this year with 94 90 uh, was it 17 tackles for loss five sacks uh, made Fab 22 for the Post Gazette so you know everything that you you kind of expect from his senior season was there they did lose to North Allegheny I won't keep talking about that because that was an upset that I know still sings for those guys because I think a lot of people expected. Central Catholic to to end up playing uh, prep in that six A championship, but uh, I, I, good visit weekend overall, right? I think that was the main takeaway. A lot of guys, you know, just kind of enjoyed hanging out with their future teammates, their committed guys. Uh, for Boyer, for example, he he was hosted by Jackson Smolik for his official visit in June. Connected with him again this weekend. You know, we'll we'll talk about that in the story I posted a little later today. But uh, go ahead, T Frank. What's what's your point? You want to get in? Oh, I just uh, when he talked about um, I, I think he, he mentioned having some new coaches on his staff that helped him mm -hmm. understand his position a little bit better. The light came on for him in a lot of ways on film. And I just it, there's always a reason. I just love finding out the reason. So I watched early in the year. I'm like, oh, he gets it. Like, he's not just hyper aggressive and fast and accelerating to the line of scrimmage. He's seeing it now. And sometimes that happens just with maturation. And sometimes there's a there's a reason. And I, I just I found that. Uh, like, you know, when you connect dots, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love the context clue. So I just like, I thought that was impressive on his film and I wanted to give him credit for that. But also it's nice to know like the, the reasoning behind something like that. So uh, great article, you know, go check it out. Go hear what uh, Anthony had to say about all of this stuff. Question here in the chat. And Fitz, I was hoping you could uh, talk about this. Now, Tash, this is, we'll, we'll fold in both of these guys. Is Tash a box guy or a Sam asks Lambda? And then with a new defensive coordinator, I'm sure all of this is kind of in flux. But with Specca, um, I know that he was kind of an either or box guy. Do is it a big deal, you know, not having a linebackers coach to know kind of pinpoint where he's going to be at the next level heading into, um, you know, the early signing period, early enrolling. Um, is it a minor detail or something that is, we'll figure out and it will be important. I, I think there's enough trust there that it's a minor detail at this point. Like you're going to bring in somebody or James is going to bring in somebody that's, you know, knows what they're doing. You feel pretty confident about that. So like, I, I think it's, one of those ones like we talked about with Beckham Kritza is you you trust the guy at the top and then he's going to make it make it happen. So um, whether he's a box, whether he's a Mike, Will, whatever, um, I, I, I don't think I think that's something that always gets sorted out when you get to campus anyway. Like you have the best intention of making a guy something and then all of a sudden Tony Rojas is not a Sam, he's a Will. You know, that like that's kind of how that, that <laughs> whole thing quickly. works. And you you kind of feel it too. You look at the guys around you. You you look at what uh, what Penn State likes to do with those certain positions, and you kind of feel that which which spot you go to. Whether you agree with that or not, I don't know. But uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. Tash, um, you know, for for his size right now, like 
I, I said you saw or I saw you said either or. I think he's probably a box guy. I think he's probably a will at this point. Um, does some coverage things, but that's going to be a jump, man. From Latrobe to the Big Ten is going to be quite a big jump. And how much can you take from coverage skills from that level of football? I, I, I just don't know. He does some really nice things. Don't get me wrong here, but yeah. uh, that's going to be it's going to be a jump for him. So I would I would lean box. Um, you play the numbers, and usually that's where those guys end up. Yeah, he moves well. I, I guess is the thing in finding out. I, I just looking at his film, hard to tell what his speed is, but um, not Tony Rojas. But you know, moves well and has the opportunity. I, I just didn't want to dismiss it out of hand that he might be able to play Sam if uh, if he's able to with those numbers. Yeah. Eventually, he'll be a will. Like eventually, he's a will. Does he get the treatment of starting out into the field and then moving in and seeing how that all works? Kind of like guys get a chance to play outside before they play inside on the offensive line. And we're going to see what the new guy has in store. Like the Sam under Brent Pry was similar, but not the exact same thing as what Manny Diaz liked to do. So yep. the Sam under whoever the next guy is, is probably going to be similar, but not like exclusively what Manny liked to do. So like, you're going to have some flexibility there. Is it more of a third, you know, like a, like a strong side linebacker? I don't know. Um, but uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So those are the details to work out, but I think there's enough trust there that it, it doesn't really change much. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that part of the conversation about the new defensive coordinator is also the talent that you have on the roster, which the safety position also is is a part of that. So do you want to have guys that have that body type be part of the conversation at that field backer position? All these things have to be sorted out once we find out who the defensive coordinator is. Um, so these these kind of fun, intricate, nuanced details that we'll get some more information about how all of those guys fit together. Um, I want to get to uh, Fitz. I want to get to some of the stuff that, that you wrote about this week. Um, and then we'll come back and, and finish up with some recruiting stuff. But uh, Andre Green, Penn State, uh, hosted him last week. Is there anything you want to share from that article? Which, again, over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, you can get the full context of what Andre Green had to say to Fitz about his visit. But uh, what do you want to share here? Yeah, he's still going to go to Virginia this weekend, and that's not something that you can totally write off. He's from Virginia. He's from Richmond, played St. Christopher's, which is uh, where uh, Garrett Taylor played, uh, former Nittany Lions. So, like, there's connections there to Virginia, and that's a place that you can go and you can be sort of, uh, you know, used used and exposed to, uh, to a bigger role. And you look at what they did last year with Malik Washington from Northwestern, nobody was you know, beating down the door for Malik Washington last year when he went from Northwestern to, to Virginia ended up being an All-American or All-ACC. I'm not sure where he fell on the All-American. He had a fantastic season. So they have that sort of um, stock there to sell to Andre Green and say, hey, we can do this with you. I know they've taken a couple other players, uh, offensive players in the portal as well. So um, that's a tough job right there. And I'm not sure how, how much longer that one's going to hold together, but uh, it's going to be a situation where there's opportunity there. And, and when you're recruiting in the portal, it's it, like, that is something you take into account, like the opportunity that, you know, Penn State's going to have openings at receiver, but also other schools are going to have openings at a higher ranked receiver. So, you know, if you're coming in and you're saying Trey Wallace is going to be Penn State's number one receiver next year, well, there's an opening for number two, whereas Malik Washington has gone from Virginia, there's going to be an opening for number one. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that it's not um, cut and dry. Um, obviously, you put Penn State and Virginia beside each other. Penn State wins that battle many, many times. But re portal recruiting is a little bit different. Um, and we're, we're going to see where he's at coming out of uh, Virginia. I think Penn State did a lot to put themselves in a good spot coming out of their official visit. 
So check that out. And then the last thing is, I know you put something up right before the show. So there's a lot of hot off the press portal news, which there has been not a whole lot of portal news for Penn State football. So I don't want to pin you down to ask you anything specific. Um, Just generally, what what can people find uh, there to go get the news news from you? Yeah, Penn State's it's the second round of visits this weekend. So we're going to see who pops up on campus. Those things are hectic and crazy. And you got guys coming in that have are maybe at other schools right now as we speak on Thursday, and they'll be at Penn State on Friday. So um, check that out. Still working on that visitor list. Um, we got some some guys that we think are going to be there, but uh, n- nothing's ever for certain <laughs> in portal recruiting. It is crazier than regular recruiting, and uh, it's all That's... jammed into about two and a half weeks. So it's fantastic, let me tell you. Yeah, that's saying something. Um, here's here's a question that folds into that kind of. Um, this is from Kultmont Winery. Um, I need to pre-read these before I put them on the air because he's he's he they have been here before. With yeah. NIL and players allowed to get agents, does this change things with guys making last-minute decisions going pro and then returning if their stock slips because of the hiring of the agent process? If you can have an agent for NIL, can you have an agent? And then return. He's. Uh, they say. I know. Before, if they hired an agent, they couldn't return. Do you guys know? Uh, is there a change in the rule there, Fitz? So the agent from that aspect is a little bit different than the pro agent. Um, and I know that they kind of are some somewhat connected because well, they're agents and they like to take the percentages or whatever. But it's a little bit different. Um, it, I think the NBA is the one where it's like if you hire an agent, you're done. Um, I, I think the rules have changed on that, so don't don't quote me there. Um, but there's the deadline where you can go pro and then there's not, I mean, there's, there's really nothing that is like, there's, there's no language there that says that if you have an NIL agent and you declare for the draft, you can't come back. Like that's a situation where you have to have your name into the NFL draft advisory board, or I guess that's who that goes to um, by the certain January date, I believe it is. Um, And then after that it's, it's off the table. So it doesn't really change much. Um, These guys all, not not all of them, but a lot of them have agents in college now. So it's not a situation where that's completely out of the question as it used to be. So like yeah. with uh, what Curtis Eden is getting a suit, stuff like that, that, that stuff is kind of irrelevant at this point. So it doesn't really change much uh, from that aspect. As long as you're on the table uh, in that January date, then uh, or as long as your name is in that January date, you're not coming back. I also think it's a little different than basketball, where if you have one guy that's testing the waters and then decides to come back, you can find scholarship room. But if in football, like these numbers, you guys are talking about the portal <laughs> recruiting and juggling these numbers within the potential of returning uh, after the combine or something would be crazy. There, yeah, I don't and, some, know and somebody asked about that. it on the board this week because Johnny Dixon accepted the uh, the the Senior Bowl uh, offer and and he he can't come back. He's out of eligibility. He can't come back uh, anyway. But you can accept one of those offers and then not playing the game or well, I mean, you basically have to give the offer back, um, not playing the game. You can come back from that. We've seen Brisker do that. Uh, somebody else did that. Adisa maybe last year. Um, or some, somebody did it last year, somebody uh, did, but yeah. uh, it was a situation where like, that is not, you're not bound by that. Um, so that can happen. But if you play in that game, you're done. Like, cause yeah. that is a different outside competition. So uh, it, there, there's, it's not that difficult to follow, but like there are some times when you're just kind of like, Hey, can, can that guy come back? And, and with the COVID year, it doesn't help anybody. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it helps the guys that it's helping obviously with the extra year of eligibility, but from a mathematical perspective, from an an, uh, analysis perspective, it's just mucked everything up. And I can't, can't say that enough. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we outlined a little bit of this uh, with the, just kind of the pros and cons of what each guy has 
uh, in terms of what his uh, situation for either going pro or staying at Penn State is. Uh, you can check that out at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Started with the offense. Um, went through the guys that have the most interesting guys that have the most interesting decisions to make, and then we'll be doing the defense today as well. Ryan, speaking of uh, great articles, um, I know that there's there's some stuff here that uh, Ryan is so good at getting these conversations with people, getting these interviews. Nobody else is getting, and if you're getting that information from a different site, they probably got it from him anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man. Was that, that too was far? Is <laughs> that bit. a total yeah, Not me. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Not me. I yeah. So, um, what are some of the things you've been writing about at BlueWayIllustrated.com that we that people can go check out here at the well, end of the show? I was going to cut you off before we switched over the Andre Green talk because the perfect transition when we're talking about box linebackers, it was yeah. the Anthony Saka story because here's we talking about a, a guy who's been wanting to play safety or as an underclassman felt pretty. You know, he made it pretty clear that he, he wanted to play safety long term. And sure enough, now he's playing linebacker, uh, the, the which is what many expected him to, to, to be. You know, but whether he would be I mean, I, I think he would be more of a three down guy. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves for a 2025 prospect. But but yeah, Saka was probably the other big interview we kind of did after the PIAA championships, just kind of catching up with him, learning more. Uh, about his future plans. Of course, I'm talking about Anthony Saka, Tony Saka's son, St. Joseph's prep prospect. I, I think most of you guys uh, know who he is by now. If you follow recruiting pretty closely. You know, the thing, a couple of things I'll note. One, Saka's going to visit Penn State. He hasn't visited in over a year. We'll leave the details of, of when all that's going to go down and, and all that behind the paywall. But they should be getting him back on campus here somewhat, somewhat soon. We'll, we'll leave it at that. The thing to note, what was interesting to me is that like, he's still very wide open. And when you look at his visits, you know, he's taken 10 visits total over basically a two, we'll say a two year span. Four of them have been to Penn state, which you would expect family ties and all that stuff. But he hasn't been here since October, 2022, uh, which is interesting. I, I kind of thought he'd be back by now, but I think when you, when you kind of talk to him more and you learn more about how he's handled recruiting, like he's very just, I don't want to say laid back about it, but he, he's kind of like Tash in some ways where he's like, I don't want to go on all these visits and be visits and be pampered. You know, I just want to figure out what's the right school for me. And then I'll, I'll decide whenever I'm ready. And I don't think he's necessarily ready to make a move. He's definitely not ready to make a move. I mean, he made that pretty clear, uh, but he's got some visits. He needs to, he needs to get done here either in January or going into the spring. I think Wisconsin has his interest, uh, Michigan, Ohio state, Notre Dame, those kind of feel like the other schools, you know, along with Penn state that, I feel pretty confident he's going to end up about or end up at. Um, but, but he just, he really needs to take some visits and, and kind of sort things out. I mean, he made it very clear that like, I have no idea where I'm going right now. And for a player who's had all these offers for such a long time, you know, most guys I think have it, have a better feel for the situation. Again, he has his top schools down, but I just, he's just been very laid back about it. I mean, he, he only took, I think two visits this year, once Ohio state, Penn state, Notre Dame and uh, who? Oh, Notre Dame played Ohio State. That was the other one he went to. Um, so pretty laid back recruitment overall, I guess is the best way to put it. Penn State's certainly in the mix, but they also, you know, this this whole Manny Diaz defensive coordinator change does impact him a little bit more than I think some others because Manny really has kind of really did emerge as his lead recruiter here over the last couple of months and. You know, he said like, "Hey, the last time I talked to Penn State, they were telling me Manny was leaving." So <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a very fun conversation. But uh, you know, Zemitis, Franklin, all those guys are, are certainly chipping away at that. But they need to get him back on campus, and it looks like that's going to happen here fairly soon. Uh, so check all that stuff out, BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Uh, 
I'm going to get out of here before I say anything else stupid. So, uh, guys, thank you so much for your time today. Excellent Steve, work, as always. Fitz, what's Steve up? Frank and I sign off. Uh, Steven, who's a regular here, asked about Kendry Harrison out of uh, oh, Reedsville, North yeah. Carolina. Uh, he's been to Penn State. Uh, he is a potential five-star. Like, that kid yeah. is going to have everybody. He's one of the best athletes in the country, regardless of class. Um, he's a tight, he's going to be a tight end. I think he's about six, four, six, five, two forty. Also a basketball player with a scholarship offer from Penn state. He came up to visit Penn state for whiteout whiteout, um, and, uh, picked up an offer from Penn from Mike Rhodes that day. And actually was, was taking photos and Mike Rhodes went out of his way to go see Kendra Harrison, uh, before they went, they all did their line thing. Um, so he is a guy, he's a top target for Penn state. He's gonna be a top target for everybody. He's, he's like Kyle Pitts type like Ooh. that kind of player like he's really really athletic so um definitely check him out um i i, I don't know if penn state's going to be in it for the long haul but penn state's done pretty well with tight ends so he, he's going to be in the five-star mix i think he's number nine overall in the on three industry rankings for 26 and those rankings are way too early and uh, everything like that but like he's going to be up there he's really good he's one of the guys yeah. that you can look at in 26 and be like yeah that guy's going to be the real deal like by the end of his recruitment uh, Ryan, anything else you want to get us out on? I was going to, yeah, that, I was just going to answer that. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see transfer portal guys who shows up on campus this weekend. Sean obviously has done a great job uh, staying on top of that and, you know, check back uh, Sunday, Monday, oh. and yeah, we'll go from there. Fitz, I wanted to ask you, part of the the receiver conversation, Jamori Macklin uh, commits to a different school, obviously. Um, pressure there to, or, or they feel pretty confident in their lane or just generally your thoughts on Jamari Macklin going to uh, Kentucky. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, portal's hectic right now. Like there's, there's good and bad. Like we had some notes up there and that feels positive. We had some notes the other day that that felt negative. Like it's, it's you, this is a roller coaster. And if you're, if you follow this, like from like point to point and uh, there's a lot to handle here and some people have not handled it well let me tell you um, <laughs> it's it's going to be a roller coaster that you have to follow the entire way through um macklin was a top target for penn state he went to kentucky he visited kentucky last weekend so it's not like it came out of nowhere uh kentucky's now picked up a couple of wide receivers so they were a school that was mentioned with julian fleming so there's a lot of like chain reaction type stuff going on here um but yeah you can look at that and say hey that's a kid they wanted. That's a kid James Franklin visited in Missouri a couple uh, last week. Feels like a couple weeks ago, um, yeah. but last week, and now he's he's going elsewhere. So yeah, th there are losses in the portal. Certainly, you just have to regroup and find the right guys. And you know, I think they're working on that. It's not a situation where they're sitting on their hands. I think everybody is is expecting the results before like the the actions can take place. And uh, that's kind of where we're at. And, and we've already forgotten about Alan, Alan Heron who committed uh, earlier. this. Week. <laughs> I was going to say, how do we go this whole podcast? We didn't even bring him up. I was, we, well, we talked about him on Tuesday and we had a show Monday. already that week. Yeah. It's just, it, it was so funny because it's like, uh, it, it's like the South Park uh, episode with 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 the change and the home, like you give them uh, like the, you gave the the homeless change and then they're like okay where's the where's the next one like that's what it was <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that okay change. Yeah, I, I feel I unhoused obviously, wrong word but but it's it, like you got Alan Harris like okay great what's next what do we yeah. like uh, th that's fine um but what's next i want the next one and and i understand that that mindset because it's always you're lo always looking to get better always looking to get something else uh the new thing is the better thing obviously uh, as we've seen uh but uh that's that's kind of how it's been with the portal is like okay great those notes were fine but what about this guy what about this guy what about that guy okay there's there's a lot going on here now we just gotta follow it as best we can and the best way to follow that t frank Bluewhiteillustrated.com. Sign up right now for a dollar and get two months 
when you use promo code PSU1. By the way, the link to sign up is in the description of the video. I should mention that more often. You don't even have to go that far. Just scroll down and you'll see subscribe for a dollar. Bang, you click on that and you are into the info from these guys. Gentlemen, thank you so much for all your time and for the bonus information we got here at the end of the show. Um, we'll be back with Bowl Media Day tomorrow. Lots of people talking. There's going to be lots of videos at bluewhiteillustrated.com and here on the YouTube channel. So stay tuned. We'll hear from Auntie Cold and Nikki for the first time. So all that coming up tomorrow. No reason to go anywhere. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>